morning, Rock Harbor Church. Good to see you Woo. this morning. Everybody's come, everybody's ready to have church. We're here. Well, we're here. We might as well. Um, this, this morning, I don't know exactly when, uh, John is, uh, your pastor is going to go get Judy. Uh, she's coming out of uh, ICU in Fort Worth, Texas. She's bringing her back home. Um, still got some recovery to do. Still got some time. Keep them in your prayers, obviously for travels, but at the same time, there's still uh, still some roads and some, some mountains to climb. So keep them in your prayers. Hold them up. Um, and as always, we're, we're praying for empty seats. We don't we don't see uh, all the people that normally go here. There's, uh, it was mentioned this morning. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of situations. But God is still in control. Amen. He knows what he's doing. And I'll never doubt that. Never. So let's pray and let's enter into worship this morning. Father, we don't doubt you this morning. We don't doubt your ability. We don't doubt what you can do. And Father, we put everything into you this morning. All of our faith. All of our trust. Father God, we, we believe you. To lead us through, Father God, stormy waters. Father, my prayer, Father God, is for our pastor and his wife today, Lord. Lead them back safely. God, I pray, Lord, for the people that have not been able to be here. God, we pray encouragement. Father, I pray for a spirit of encouragement to cover this congregation and the people in it. Lord, as we get hit with these challenges, Lord, I pray that we rise to the occasion. That we are people of prayer. That we are people seeking your face and being obedient to you. And Father, thank you for today and the opportunity once again to be together and in your house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let me, let me make sure we understand something. When we do this service, we're not rushing anything. We're not rushing. You want to come, you want to pray at this altar, you feel free to pray. If, if, we, if we, as we go forward, if we're obedient to God, God can penetrate and move and get things done way faster and more efficient than we could ever imagine. Amen. So if you feel led, if you feel unction, you feel like you need to come and pray and spend some time at the altar, you go right ahead and do that. We'll just let the Lord have his way this yes. morning. Brothers, at this time, we're going to come. We're going to let them take up this We have another opportunity. Got that on the stage. Sorry. We have another opportunity this morning to be in God's house. And they are opportunities. They are um, sacred to be able to be in God's house this morning. So, you know, as we dismiss the kids to their classes, um, think about being here and hearing the word and how good it is to be with fellow believers in Christ, regardless Amen. of the Amen. situation of the country. We're here together. And it means a lot. So at this time, we'll dismiss the uh, children to their class. Had a good time back there. Learn. Be taught. Be teachable. I brought a box. Priority mail today. Waylon was teasing about it earlier. He said, I can do a message on that. I said, yeah, you probably could. Well... What I did was, is I took this box, off this piece of paper, and I put God on it. Everybody see that? Uh-huh. Can you see that legibly, that it says God? Uh-huh. Don't and then there's the fine print. Anybody read the fine print? 
actually, I, I did it on purpose because my writing is awful. So you wouldn't have been able to read it anyway, even if I, I mean, I've tried to make it as small as I could. It says God's ability. God's ability. God. So I got this box here. And on this box, it says man's ability. Man's expectations. Christian, Christianity, we hold God high. We hold him high. We hold his ability high. We put a lot in what he can do. Because if he can't do it, then we're nothing. But we know that he can. So his ability is everything to us. It's everything. And so we take his ability, we take everything that we've invested in and we put in him. And we were talking about this this morning. But you know, as, as Christians are, you know, we've got a lot of, um, we've got a, a bit of ability ourselves. But how many of you understand that our ability only goes so far? Mm -hmm. Come on. It only goes so far. There's only so far that you can be pushed yourself, and then you run out. That's it. You don't got anything else. Amen. There's um, also hang-ups with our expectations. Sometimes we have unrealistic expectations. Sometimes we don't put our expectations in the right place. Sometimes they're out of place. And often what happens is, is we take God and his ability, and we stick him underneath our ability. And our expectations. Now you remember this, because I'm going to go somewhere with this. Mm -hmm. God's ability is unlimited. It's unlimited. Amen. God's ability to supply to you, to get to you, to give to you, to give to this country, to supply for this country, to give us what we need, our provisions. And over and abundance of that are unlimited. What we can't do is take God and box him up and make him limited based on our ability and our expectations. Because what that does is that takes unlimited and actually puts then it begins to put a number on it. See, I know what my limitations are. And God forbid that I actually take God and I squeeze him, I put him inside my expectations and my abilities. You see, God exists outside of that. He's outside of that. So you remember that. As we go through this, and I'll make a point on it here in just a minute, you can be turning to the book of Matthew. Chapter 16. Verse 13 of chapter 16 says this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? This question. He asked the question. He said, Who do people say that I am? I thought that was really interesting because, you know, what I thought about was, Right now, a lot of people are saying a lot of things. Right now, in our country, people are saying a lot of things. 
some people are saying, well, the election, is, it went this way. And others say, well, the election's going that way. A lot of people are saying a lot of things. And he asked this question. He said, what's everybody saying? That's what he said. Who, who do people say that I am? And he said, some say that you are John the Baptist, and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Kind of probing them with this question to kind of find out, to make a point. He said, what's the... He said, what's the buzz? What's the buzz going on around? What's everybody saying about me? Then he poses a question. He said, unto them, but who do you say that I am? So he asked this question. He said, what, what's everybody saying? Who, who do they say that I am? They said, well, they say this and they say this. And there's all these people saying all kinds of things. He goes, well, hold on a second. Who do you say? that I am. Who do you say? This question come to me two days ago. And the Lord asked me a question. I still, I didn't realize how pertinent it would be for the day until I seen things begin to flow through the media yesterday. And the, this question become extremely important. And this question was this. What do you believe? What do you believe? You see, Jesus was challenging their belief. He said, he, for, the first question being, what's everyone else saying? And that's easy to answer. I, if you were to ask me right now, and we were to uh, begin to take down information, say, Tanner, what's everybody saying? Well, huh, let me tell you. They're saying all kinds of stuff. They're saying this, and they're saying this, and there's so much information that I can't even get it all together. But what do you say? What do you believe? Because when we take all the chaos and we strip it all away, we strip all of the ideas away, we strip everything down, we were talking about this this morning, the only thing that's left is you and your relationship with God. That's all that's left. And his ability and what you believe about him and what he can do in the situation that we are dealing with not only in our country, but also in your personal life. Mm -hmm. What do you believe? Often we get wrapped up and we get enamored in what other people say. We get caught up in this person told me this and this person told me that. And then they said, I need to do this, and I need to do this. And if I, will, if I do this, this, and this, then everything will be okay. You follow out everything that they told you to do. And you say, well, that didn't work. What's next? Well, then I went to this person over here, and then they told me to do some things, and I did those. And I went over here, and I listened to this person. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things. But what do you believe? There's a lot of people saying everything's going downhill. There's a lot of people saying, man, I shall see how this thing's going to come out. But it didn't really matter what anyone else says. What do you believe? Amen. What do you believe? Because it's what you believe about God that makes all of the difference. And to make sure, make sure that we haven't taken him and his ability 
in, in, in his uh, provisions, in his supernatural ability. Stuck it in a box. We said, God, there ain't no way. There ain't no way, God. I guess we're just going to have to live with it. What do you believe? Look inside your heart this morning and begin to probe. What do you really believe? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. This was his answer to him saying, you're the Christ. I know who you are. He said, you know who I am, but let me tell you what I'm going to give you. There's something about putting our faith in, and not just our faith, and I'm gonna get, I want to make this point. I want, you, I want us to all understand this. It's not just about saying, I've put my faith in God. That's great. I'm glad you put your faith in God. But do you trust him? Amen. <laughs> you think, wait a second, now that's, that's the same. No, no, it's not, actually. It's not the same. See, I put my faith in Christ for my salvation. For him to guide and direct me, you see, trust is something different. It's actually tangible. It's actually trust. When I trust God, it means that I trust him to handle everything that's going on in my life that I can visibly see. You think, but faith, but faith is things that we can't see. Right. But I also trust him with the things I can see. You're thinking, I don't like what I'm seeing right now. But do you trust him? What do you believe? You see... I put my faith in him. I said, Father, I put my faith in you. I believe in you. I don't have to see it. You don't have to give me any evidence. I've put my faith in Christ as my Savior. Amen. He's the king of my life. You, you, may be, you let me talk about it very often, you know, or much longer, I get emotional. Because I'm in love with him. I'm in love with him. Because he's been good to me. Because of who he is. Because of what he did for me. He saved me. He forgave me of my sins. But then there's the issue of trust. And it's tempting to want to put my faith in him, but then say, God, I just don't know. I just don't know how you're going to do all this. How are you going to work this out for us? What do all these things mean for my family? What do these things that I'm seeing mean for the church? What, are all, what, are, what is going to happen to us? What do you believe? And do you trust him? Do you trust him as the driver of this thing? A lot of people are concerned. A lot of people have a lot of worry. A lot of people are wondering, what's next? I don't know. What do you believe? Because that it will decide where your trust is at. And then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And that was strategic. Verse 21, he says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes 
and be killed and raised again the third day. Now, you can't move too fast past 21 because you got to understand. Now, remember, he just got done telling basically a, really a, a accolades for Peter, you know, for what he did. And he said, now I'm going to establish my church on you. I'm going to build my church upon you, and I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You have authority. You can bind. You can lose. You can do all of these things. He gave it all to him. And 21, he said that um, <clears throat> he began Jesus to show unto the disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. And so he's telling them this. He's telling them, this is the truth. This is what's going to happen. And, I mean, you can think about it. I mean, if you're them and you're thinking, uh, you're looking at 21, he's actually telling them, hey, things are going to get kind of tough. That's what he said. They think things are going to get tough. They're going to they're gonna take me. They're going to kill me. Peter took you. The reason I'm reading these two stanzas of scriptures together is because often they've been separated. Often you'll get a message from 13 through 20, verse 20, and then 21 on, it's another whole message. But I've seen something in this that I hadn't seen before and seen the way that it flowed, and they actually uh, work really well together. And he said, and he took him, and he began to rebuke him. Now, the, he's rebuking Jesus. He's, like, he, he's rebuking Jesus. How you imagine that? What that probably looked like? I don't really know, but here Jesus is teaching. I'm just trying to imagine. He's teaching. He's like telling everybody. He's like, all right. Look, they're going to persecute you, and they're going to come after you, and they're going to kill me. But don't worry. I'll rise again. He's like, hey, come here. Come here. Let me have a talk with you. Now, you listen to me. You stop talking like that. You stop saying those things. And the reason he was saying it, man, he loved Jesus. Now, we know the disciples didn't quite grasp everything at this moment, but... He was, uh, he was telling him, he's like, look, these kind, this is not going to happen to you. This is not going to happen. You stop talking like that. And so this is what Jesus' response was. And keep in mind, in the context, this is Jesus' response to the one that he said he was going to set up his church upon. Who was going to have the power of binding and loosing. Who's going to have all this, this stuff been put in his corner and his ability. And, and he begins to... Uh, be rebuked by Peter. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from you, Lord, this shall not be unto you. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Get behind me. And really, the only other stanza that you can find that in scripturally, that you can find that in when he was being tempted in the wilderness. At the very end of the temptation, he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. He says the same thing to Peter. There's a parallel here, and you'll notice that in the fact that Jesus' plan had to be carried out. There was no substitute for the plan of Christ. It had to be carried out this way. It was a must. And so he tells him, he tells Peter, he says, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me, for you do not savor, or you savor not, the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that's key. That's huge. Why is that so huge? Because he was telling them. He said, he said, look, 
You're an offense to me. You're getting in the way. These things have got to happen. Things are going to get kind of tough. Things are going to be kind of hard. We're going to get squeezed a little bit here. But you know what? You're still getting in my way because these things have got to come to pass. But he said something here. Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come unto me, let him deny himself. That is the key, quintessential piece of the puzzle to serving God. You have to deny self. Amen. Self. Well, what does that mean exactly? That means your ability, your expectations, all of the things that come with being an individual, a human. All those things have to be put in denial and put on the back burner. And God, in his ability, has to become number one. It has to become first. So when he says that you've got to deny yourself, he says, and you take up your cross and you follow me. How many of you know that the, sometimes the cross gets a little heavy? Amen. Amen. That's reality. Yes. Sometimes the cross gets heavy. But see, this is a part of what we do. This is a part of Christianity that we carry the cross. The cross was never guaranteed that it would be made of cardboard. Right. We could throw this thing on and we could just towed it around like it was nothing. No, at times we would be much like Jesus and need a little bit of help carrying the cross. Sometimes it would be difficult. Sometimes we would be in doubt. Sometimes we would wonder what the future held. Sometimes we would wonder if there was any guarantee for tomorrow. Or would it look the same? Sometimes when you serve God and when he says that you've got to deny yourself, it means literally you're going to have to deny yourself. Amen. Literally. It didn't mean there's, we're not talking about just metaphor here. Literally, you're going to have to deny yourself. You can have all these things come to mind. You're going to have all of these ideas. You're going to have all of these expectations. And if you're not careful, you'll take God and you'll stick him right inside of there. Uh -huh. Amen. When God is fully able, fully able to continue to do mighty works, fully able to do what he promised he would do, fully able to do it, but we take him and we stick him in here. We say, get in there. That's impossible. You get in there and you stay in there. There's just no way. He said he'd take up the cross and he said, follow me. For whatsoever, whosoever will save his life shall lose it. <sighs> From a human standpoint, if you're not looking with spiritual eyes, this is actually kind of disheartening. Because you're kind of hardwired that way. You're kind of made up to look to self-preservation. You're just that way. But if you understand it with spiritual eyes, you understand it from another angle. It says, for whoever shall save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life, not, not just randomly, but he says, lose his life for my sake, shall find it. Amen. If you're willing to turn loose of yourself, you'll find what it is that I was talking about. You'll find true life. You'll find my expectations. You'll find my ability. You'll find that I'm easy to get along with. Praise God. Hallelujah. You'll find that I, I never wanted you or never wanted to separate you from things that you liked. I just knew there were a whole lot of other things out there that you liked. And I wanted to take you to them. You know, Sean and I have talked about that before. We always feel like, you know, we always feel like when you grow closer to God, that God always wants to take something away from you. 
And God told me to stop this. And God told me to stop that. And God said I can't do this anymore. And God said I can't do that anymore. And people got this perception that God always wants to take something away. No, he has something better. Amen. He has something better. And his plan is always to get better to you. Always. And so, this morning, when we look, uh, we look across our country, and we look across our lives, and we look at everything, that ever, uh, everything from COVID all the way to election results, my question to you is, what do you believe? What do you believe? Because that makes the difference. And God has full ability to do whatever it is that you believe. And don't think for a second that God is a God out there that he says, well, you know what, it doesn't really matter what you believe. I'm just going to do it anyway. We put our faith in him. But not just our faith, we put our trust in him. Amen. We trust him. We trust him in what's coming next. We trust him. We trust him about what happens tomorrow. Not just, not just to say, well, I serve the Lord, I put my faith in him. Yes, that's, that's, the, that's the centerpiece of our life. But do you trust him? Do you really trust him with tomorrow? Do you trust him with your job? Do you trust him with your finances? Do you trust him with your life? Because if we do, there'll be some things that follow. If you do, you'll let him go. We'll turn loose of them. We'll turn them back over and say, God, you're better at this than I am. You're a better financial manager than I am. You're better at the job than I am. You're, you're better at, at trying to figure these things out than I am. I can't do this anymore. God, here it is. I heard some people recently said, man, I couldn't even handle it. I just turned the television off. I didn't want to hear anything, any more information. It was too much to hear. Listen, what do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe God is able? Amen. Then it doesn't really matter what happens. Amen. It doesn't matter. So, this morning, we reevaluate where we're at and where we stand with God, not just our faith, but our trust. And he said in 26, he said, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? A lot of things, a lot of things um, to consider, but most importantly today, most importantly, your ability is no match for God's. Amen. It's none. But do not, do not stick God in a box mm -hmm. and expect him to do mighty works. Amen. He doesn't work that way. He does what he does when we put our faith and our trust in him. That's what ignites God and moves his hand. There have been a lot of people praying across the nation, a lot of people fasting across the nation. And something happened yesterday. And you know, you say, well, man, you know, I hope you don't get into the whole political thing. I just, I just want to say something. I want to make sure you understand. But a lot of people were discouraged and so upset and they were frustrated and they said, man, it's over. Well, from a legal standpoint, if you don't mind me saying, the media doesn't get to decide who the winner is, the Supreme Court does. This thing is far from over. Amen. So this morning, I hope that your discouragement is turned to joy when you know that God's ability is unlimited. Hallelujah. It's unlimited this morning. 
But I still ask you that question, what do you believe? Because a lot of what's going on in this country is going to hinge on that. You believe it's over and you want to cash it, you want to throw it in? I'll tell you, church, the devil wants you to believe that. The devil wants you to believe. He says, it's over, don't stop praying, you don't have to pray no more, you don't have to fast, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it no more. I'm telling you this morning, keep praying. If you've been fasting, keep fasting. Keep seeking the Lord because God's greatest works are ahead of us. Amen. His greatest works. Would you stand this morning? When we get into looking at what we believe, sometimes we find things that we're not um, too happy about. Sometimes you look inside of you and you say, you know what, I believe, I believe some pretty embarrassing things. So today, we have the opportunity to bring that before God and say, God, I'm going to start putting my trust back in you again. I'm going to stop listening to all of the clamor, all of the noise that's been going on. I'm going to listen to you. Amen. I want to listen to what your word says. I want to listen to you speak peace into me. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about the situation giving me peace. It can be burning down around us. But God, I put my trust in you, and I know that you will provide. Yes. You're my peace. Yes. The situation doesn't bring me peace. You bring me peace. Amen. So this morning, if you need, if you want to come and pray, I want you to come and pray. You know, let me let me do something. I want to do something a little bit different than we've done in the past. Sometimes, you know, we give, a, we give an altar call, and a lot of times I know time is of the essence. And I know sometimes, you know, I know people got to go and they've got appointments, but I'm going to ask you to do something. On behalf of everybody in this country, in behalf of, of, of everybody here, what I'm asking for is that we come and we pray. A lot of times we'll call it for a, a time of prayer at Sunday night or Wednesday night, but tonight or this morning, I want to call for a time of prayer before we dismiss that you find a place where you're comfortable at you find it in your pew or you come down here to this altar and I'm going to do this I'm going to do it informally I don't want to do it formal I just want you to come and pray our country needs prayer our president needs prayer Amen. the person sitting next to you needs prayer and if we're not given to prayer church we're in trouble Amen. so I'm not making an offer it's open let's pray God bless you guys. Most literally, God can do anything. Yes. But you've got to believe it. Uh -huh. You've got to believe it. Amen. Would you stand and we'll be dis dismissed this morning. Church will be, uh, we'll have service tonight, 6 o'clock. Everything in, in, in order. I don't know exactly what we'll do tonight, but we will have service tonight. So, with that said, Waylon, would you dismiss us this morning? Lord God, we just thank you for your word. Lord God, we thank you for the truth that's in it. Lord God, we just thank you that you opened our eyes and our hearts, Lord God, to see the truth. That we need to seek you, that we need to praise you, that we need to trust in you, Lord yes, God. Hallelujah. We just ask that you just go with us, keep us safe, bring us back this evening for plenty of time, and just be with us, Lord God, in everything that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you this morning. Amen. Amen.